0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Van Hiltra Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Kirk.
1: And I'm your other host, Elijah Evans.
0: And yo, man, we have another great guest for you all today. Um, we have someone, man, who I've been following actually for a few years now. And yo, his work, man, is just incredible. Just the way he's able to get certain angles and just his eye for certain things. And that's one thing I've noticed within his work, his eye for certain things, whether it be his up portraits just overall man he's an incredible photographer and with all that said man i'm gonna let my guest introduce himself
2: what's going on everybody it's the one the only the black vanguard cameron xavier reed you feel me From Houston hey. how y'all doing
1: <laughs> you said houston
2: <laughs> yes sir houston <laughs> 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 let's go
1: Third. yo
0: man so thank you for coming on the podcast, man. And one of our first questions, bro, tell us what it was like growing up for you in Houston. Mm-hmm.
1: Lit as fuck, I'm sure.
2: It was it was kind of both. You feel me? I grew up with a sports background. It was, you know, country living. I mean, I was in the city, but definitely people in North, they think we ride horses and we got team <laughs> hats every day. So, you know, and tumbleweeds running across the fucking street and shit. But it, it was cool, though. You know, uh, most cities, same where Travis Scott grew up. And he came from same school district, too, just different schools. And oh, wow. inspiration. So me playing sports, that was kind of like what I wanted to do. I wanted to play football, uh, ran track because I had to, and I played uh, baseball and yeah. I played basketball because you nah, know people take that shit too seriously. Yeah. But it was good. And then junior year, I kind of stopped because you know it was just I guess God didn't have that in the plans for me. And next thing you know, I'm taking photos, and I know. I was doing. I just did some because you know, that's what I like to do. I knew it was some creative. And you know, people laughed at me, you know, they had to get to know me all over again when they put you in a box. They kinda ham mm-hmm. does football or he does sports, you know, him taking up a camera. We don't know anything about that. Right. And so, you know, it was kinda rough. I'm not gonna lie. People kinda made fun of me. I felt like I was under the ground. It wasn't even on ground level. Like mm-hmm. people just started trying to compare me to other people that were doing photography that were known for doing that in the in the city and in the School and it was it was kind of bad, but I did my own thing. I stayed mm-hmm. on the course. My mom just told me run my race, and now we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, you, nah, you
1: mentioned you mentioned you know being you how you felt you were like underneath the ground, but you got that shit out the mud though. I, you well, feel man, me? I was crawling like I'm talking about like Shawshank Redemption, crawling. Yeah, it Just ah, you know, I'm
2: yeah. just to break out.
1: No, you yeah, absolutely. Right. What position in football did you play? Ooh, I play quarterback. Oh, okay. He was slinging them. Slinging <laughs> hoes,
2: man. It was, it showed me like, football taught me how to be a man. I feel like, it teaches you to go to work when you don't feel like it. Mm. On the team. Hygiene is a must, obviously, because you don't wash your ass. You don't, you ain't gonna get no girls. Right. And, you know, being committed and sticking through something, being a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And I feel like that's why also it kind of Kind of help me with fashion because music, it's not one person based, but it seemed like it's one person based. All you see is the artist. Mm-hmm. That's who shine. And the teams are really like snake to not I highlighted as much fashion. You need models, you need photographers, you need stylists, you need hair. So playing football really helped me fall in love with the teamwork that fashion brings to appreciate everyone's skill set. I don't know how to do hair. Do I look like I know how to put on makeup? Fuck no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. if it would if I knew but I ain't person. Right. So that's why I like the team aspect of fashion a lot more. Right. Yeah. Football and that sports background.
1: Yeah, you gotta have it well rounded. No, you gotta bad. you gotta have a good squad in place. You know, you gotta you, you never wanna be the you wanna be like the smartest person about one thing. You know what I mean? But then you need other people like you like you mentioned, hair and makeup is a whole other thing. So yeah, shout out to football for for uh, teaching you that. It's funny 'cause um my little brother is Six, turning six, and he wants to play football. My stepmom was like, no, dude. Like, he's not playing yeah, football. And I can... Cause it's just like the whole, like, uh, you know, running to people, health mm-hmm. issues, and just kind of like getting hurt and stuff like that. I think she's just scared about that.
0: But that's normal, so, like, especially like for moms. Like, my dad, he was like, nah, like, we going out. There. He, he like, doing He took, he it. took yeah. me to try. Like, I remember. Like, I,
1: yeah, you told me about this story.
0: <laughs> middle of the day woke me up. I was like, hey, we getting to go to the trials. I already got, I already got the cleats in the backseat. Like, let's go. And I was like, all right. And I was like, all right, bet. And then since then, like, I remember I played football for like three years in like middle school, never played in high school, but like always was just like in love with sports. And like to your point, like being able to be within a team, whether I was playing basketball or just in general, like now that with the work we do, like able to work with so many diverse people with diverse roles, like it's been more like beneficial just having that beginning for mm-hmm. us. Um, I want to bring up a point because before we get to you taking photos and getting into photography, for mm-hmm. you growing up, like, were any of your family members like into anything like creatively?
2: No, my I'm gonna keep it a thousand percent. You know, uh, with stuff I can't mention, but you know, just general information. My parents grew up not poor, but definitely less fortunate than what I was. They grew mm-hmm. Mississippi, majority of my family is in Mississippi. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. what part of Mississippi? That was only Mississippi. Wow, that's
0: crazy. My dad, my dad is from Greenville. Oh, yo, that's crazy!
2: I know exactly where that is too. Right? I've never been to Mississippi. <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. Definitely yeah. the cracker in the United States. I don't, mm-hmm. There's nothing there, you know. What yeah, I mean. man. I mean, I I get, they got dirt bikes. Nah, for real, yeah. Dirt bikes. It's country living for real. like Yeah, in you know, Texas, ever can be. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was it was very kind of like that. You know, I'm seeing pictures. I saw my mom's old house last mm-hmm. thing last year. I took pictures of it, and I'm gonna put it in my book, and we'll get to that later. But it's just mm-hmm. realizing where she came from, and now both of my parents they moved to Houston. Mm-hmm. And so when my dad actually was in Fort Hood because he was in the military, and then somehow we got to Houston, and just seeing how they were able to pull themselves up. My mom valedictorian mm-hmm. a Victorian. You know, went to school, farm degree, She you a know, farm D, my dad, master's, bachelor's, now he's a PhD at a college. I'm like, even though I'm not doing anything creative, I mean, they're not doing anything creative, mm-hmm. they'll push me to go harder, because what the fuck do I look like growing up in a suburban, middle-class neighborhood, mm-hmm. and growing up in, like, a small-ass house with five people in one bathroom and, like, one bedroom? Right. Yeah. No, hella siblings, not a lot of space, not a lot of gifts during Christmas or any opportunities. So I got to make sure that I'm not out here trying to pretend something I'm not and
1: just
2: for excellence. You know what
1: I right. saying? Yeah, damn, bro. Your parents are not, not playing around with, yeah. with, no, they were not
2: yeah. when I, when I dropped out. I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think any, no parents are happy. Yeah. yeah. But
0: yeah. I think like to your point, like for your parents, like just for you to see that within your own household, mm-hmm. for them to, come from this background of like being less fortunate and then to come into their own and be doing the things that they're doing now is like a blessing to just to see that. So you carry those traits for yourself and it's like with your work now, you'll be able to work with so many just great brands mm-hmm. or just like companies and now that like you can just see the fruits of your labor now. Mm-hmm. And that's like a beautiful
1: thing. Um so you touched on it you said your your mother is a what? A she's a farmer, like a farm scientist?
2: Farm, farm, pharmacist. Pharmacist. Oh, pharmacist. pharmacist. Farm B, that's what it's called. Like a farm Yeah,
1: D. okay. I thought you, I thought it was something to do with, like, like farming and, like, <laughs> science. I didn't hear you say I farm. I said Okay, okay. Cool. I should. I mean, that, be, being a farm scientist also sounds pretty. It sounds dope. It sounds good, sound good. Yeah, that, that. Go yeah. any
2: farm scientists out there,
1: shout out to them. Yeah, cool. All right. But you said pharmacist. All right, bet. Perfect. Perfect. Now, you, I, you
0: hinted at a point where you said you dropped out now, um, was that, uh, for you, like when it came to school, like did you go for school in something particular
2: at all or? Film, kinda like, you know, the arts, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. The moment I dropped out, and I know the day I realized it wasn't for me, and I think I'll always remember this, I was in history. i always been good at history, so I was bullshitting. I'm not gonna lie to you, I was on my phone. I don't mm-hmm. know if y'all remember when Mario Kart dropped on the iPhone and everybody was playing it. Like, you <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. And shit. So that was hot for the moment, everybody was playing it. So I'm hearing the same shit that I'm learning or I learned in high school. And yeah. my mind, I'm sitting here on my iPhone playing Mario Kart. I have a B average in this class mm-hmm. and I'm learning the same shit. Why am I here? Mm-hmm. Why I'm spending money at an institution. Number one was not the right institution for me. It was not my first choice. If I had a lick of choices to go to, it mm-hmm. was just like close to home and I can come back to Houston in an hour to do my shoots. So really it wasn't even like if I would have went to like a FIT, even mm-hmm. you know, H-U-T. Maybe I would have stayed. Maybe I would have finished it out. But it just wasn't the right environment. So I just got tired and I told my mom I'm going to stay to the end of the year. And I'm out. Everyone back.
1: Yeah, I admire that about you. Because I, um, I wouldn't have, like, yeah. school was a little bit different for me, but I just, like, I, I would, that wouldn't have been an option for me. So, like, I admire that you were able to re- recognize that, like, you, this wasn't what you needed to be doing. And also have, like, the courage and the bravery. To be like, hey, parents who obviously believe in the, you know, believe in school, having all the, you know, the degrees that they have, just be like, yeah, this just isn't for me, is, is uh, admirable, man. Yeah. About you. But the, the biggest thing that I say is anything can be lost and found
2: again, except for time wasted. Mm -hmm. And I got that from Kevin Gates when I heard it. It was so profound because it's like, you can you can find a camera. You can find a Louis bag. You can find whatever you want to find in this life. Someone's going to have it. But when you talk about time, something that we don't know how much we have Mm -hmm. or how much we have left, then it's kind of like, you really don't want to waste time doing something you don't want to do. And I would just sit there and waste your parents' hard-earned money because my parents paid for my stuff. They weren't trying to get a loan. My mom has student loans. Most parents have student Mm -hmm. loans in the black community, that haunts a lot of people when they get out of college, mm-hmm. so I'm blessed that I don't have anything like that, I can give her money, because I'm getting money from these shoots and that's my goal, is to give back to what she gave me, you mm-hmm. know show that appreciation and loyalty to the hand that fed me, Right. But, you know I just had to be honest, I don't want to waste your time I don't yeah. want my time, I'm in the fucking crux of nowhere, in Huntsville, Texas basically, like, at Mississippi basically, just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with these trees and redneck motherfuckers and I'm just like, why am I here? I can be mm-hmm. doing so much more. And when I left, if I wouldn't have left, I don't think I'd be here right now because I put 100% of my time into my craft. Every day, shoot. Yeah. Damn, yeah. Like, out of a seven day week, I'm shooting like maybe six days a week, multiple shoots, maybe like around two, three a day.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. It's yeah, it's that like 10,000 hours. I no. get that 10,000 hours. No, for real. Yeah.
0: And so for you, at that point when you dropped out, was that around the time when you first started or were you already shooting before you made, came to that decision?
2: High school, I started shooting, but I started doing photography a lot more seriously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, now, do you remember your very first shoot? Yes. The reason why I knew I could actually get this far is because I went to the Museum of Fine Arts in Houston. It was mm-hmm. one of my fractured there. We did a little shoot in the museum. We didn't have a flash there, and I think it was just high exposure or whatever, so we didn't want to get kicked out. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, I posted on Twitter and it did like three hundred likes. That was the most I got for like an amateur, not knowing shit, not having shit. I'm like, okay, let me keep trying this. And as I started getting older, the love for fashion came in. So there was not fashion at the beginning, and so then as I got older, and I guess kind of touching along with that a little bit, I used to be a Jordan kid. I used to remember walking like a penguin because you don't want to crease your Jays. Yeah, yeah. I remember when Jays used to sell out and there not, used to be all these different colorways, used to have the main ones and maybe a few different ones here and there. And um, you don't need them $200, $300 shoes and I'll be so upset and all the money I got for yeah. birthdays, I'm going to buy the J's. Right. right.
1: You don't understand, yeah. Mom. I actually do need them. Like, I <laughs> you need like,
2: them. I yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was the wave. And so as I got older... Shoes weren't really the biggest thing anymore. It was, how can I put pants together? How can I put even more different colors together, patterns, different pieces? And then that kind of integrated itself into my work. And then just seeing Black people in fashion, which I'll get into a little bit later, it just did something to me that sparked the, I have to keep doing this for the rest of the time I do photography.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. And so within that time with you putting in that 10,000 hours, like Elijah said, like when was that moment for you where you knew like, okay, like, I can really get to that next point or that next level? Like within this time that you were just doing these two to three shoots a week, like, what was that turning point for you in your mind was like, okay, like, I got something here? When
2: I did my first Nike campaign, I was 20 or 19 years old when I got that. Wow. wow. For everyone that doesn't know, I'm 22 years old. I was born in 2001. Yes, you yeah. old. <laughs> <laughs> But no, seriously, though, when I got the Nike campaign, I was like I said, this was, I think, after COVID, 2021. Mm-hmm. And Even though I've done a little bit of stuff beforehand, this was, like, really big, like, commercial breaking work. Mm-hmm. Tom, uh, Thomas at the time, he worked for Nike. And I'm yeah. not going to say his last name, but his name was Thomas, and he worked for Nike. And he saw me on Instagram. We're supposed to work in 2020, but COVID yeah. happened. So he's like, hey, I got a job, really big campaign, come to L.A. Flew me out to L.A., I got thirteen thousand dollars. No, thirteen
3: really? for three Hell days.
2: Yeah. Three days. Away, thirteen thousand. Yeah. And I'm on set. I'm seeing video. I'm seeing photo. I'm doing photo. And then the final product was a big ass wall full of my work in the yeah. world in L.A. And it was crazy. And it was on social media. I think it was on some Nike apps. And I'm like, I can really do this. I'm the youngest cat in the room. And yeah. I'm, and I'm like, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. right? And I don't think people really understood how impactful that is when you see photographers, they're mostly white. I have no problem with photographers being any race. Let me state that mm. up so no one misconstrues my words. But a nineteen year old photographer with no college education, no mentors, no uh what you look at, no recommendations, no nothing. Just someone seeing you on social media off of the ten thousand hours you just said, and mm. then, trust me with that big of a campaign, that right there I was like, oh shit, like, we're really cooking with something. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: Now when you when you got that campaign, what was, what was that like? Cause that's like, it has to be like an immense yeah, pressure. Like, like you just yeah. mentioned, like, you know, this is like, kind of, like, was that, you said it was like your first big shoot. Like, how did you deal with doing that? I just, I was nervous as fuck. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, you're around a lot of people, hello, older
2: than you, that know more than you, done it more. They know each other. Oh, Tom, man, you know, they hugging each yeah, other. Uh-huh. They, done this, and I'm just like, bro, nobody knows who I am. But at the end of the day, you got to put up and shut up. You feel mm-hmm. me? And even though I know not many people listen to Eminem, even on Lose Yourself, he's like, you only get one shot, do not miss your chance, you feel me? Mm. And little lyrics like that that I remember from infamous
1: You only get one shot, do not miss your
2: chance to blow. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, Um, yeah. and even though I'm not the biggest Eminem fan, that line right there, everyone's had that moment where it's Mm. like, if I fuck this up, there may not be another chance I can get to do this again. So that was my one shot. From that one chance, I just blew up, and people just started putting my name to the grapevine. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. wow, that's
0: special, and especially like for you coming from a sports background, to be able to work with Nike. Yeah, I
1: mean, that was insane. Like, Same
0: thing. Yeah. yeah, man. And so, like for you, when you're able to work with brands like Nike or just other brands in general, like, what's your first thing that comes to your mind on the day of that shoot? Like, what are some things you try to like implement for yourself when working with certain people? Like.
2: Before I was nervous, trying not to mess up, trying not to do anything wrong. Good impression, be on time, haircut, lineup, you know, clean shaven.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's more of just like, do me. I've done this long enough. I've done big brand shoots. I've worked with big magazines. I don't give a fuck anymore, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> just chill. Yeah. I like I own it, and I radiate that confidence that for mm-hmm. you to know that, yeah, I'm young. And, I mean, 22, I guess, in the industry is young, I guess, compared I mean, maybe life, I guess, because I feel like I've went through so much more in 22 years than mm-hmm. being young, but in the industry it is. And when people see that, I need them to know, like, I mean business. Mm-hmm. I, there's a reason I'm in this room. There's a reason why I'm here in this place, in this position, why mm-hmm. I'm not recommended. I'm not recommended because I'm a trend. I'm not recommended because I'm the next big thing up. Well, I am the next big thing, but, like, the next big, I guess, trend. That's the right. world. Mm. I'm not a momentary thing. I'm yeah. I'm a wave. I'm something that you're going to ride in 5 6 years from now, I'm still going to yeah. be.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Damn. You got me ready to run through a fucking wall. I'm saying <laughs> 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 No, I, but I but I say that to say like bro, like just from this interview is fucking like, like energy you're giving us, bro. like I love the Could you speak from a place where you speak with so much confidence, mm-hmm. but you're able to speak this way because the work is shown within itself mm-hmm. and you back it up? By the work, right? And so that's the thing I love because, like, since I've been like just aware of your work and been following you, like, your growth as like an, a photographer in general has just been growing over the years. And like, you speak with this confidence, and like, I love to see that because you know, like, it's the work you put in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so with that, I do want to ask as well because um, I know
2: you shoot both film as well as digital. Like, do you have a preference? Mm-hmm. Or I used to like digital. You know, I still do digital, studio wide angle stuff like that from time to time. But I like film though. It's a slower process, you know? Right. To so just expand my mind. I want a challenge. Anything that comes easy is not worth having all the time, you mm-hmm. know? I want something that when I look back on, like...
1: This all right here? Shit.
2: It's... But I gotta develop,
0: right? Yeah, now. ladies and gentlemen, he has a bag up right now with... Hello film.
1: Just mad film. Cool. Hello so, film.
2: So, like, when I see that, you know, it's like, I wanted to, I just want to keep that, and that stuff. Yeah. That, you don't you can't go back. You just gotta mm-hmm. learn to live and let go. If you don't get the shot, it's not the end of the world. Right? There may be a role or another shot that you do get. It. It's more of just learning that you may not always have 15 chances to get it right. You may only have one or two. and Then you gotta move on. Just like mm-hmm. football, you don't succeed on the one player. You throw an interception, shake it off, in the next drive, go get it. You mm-hmm. know. So it, it's kind of funny how that always revolves around football. I mean, like fuck, damn, I can't grip. Nah, no dude, it's,
1: it's anyway, that shit must have been impactful in your
2: life. Facts. It was fact. You asked yeah. me. I've six years ago, maybe even seven years ago, I'd probably say I was going to NFL. Like, I want to be like Tom Brady and Cam Newton. Yeah. But like I said, God had a, a different path for me. and Yeah. but And I love it, you know, and it makes me happy internally. So that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah, right. And so when it comes to you being in New York now, right? Uh-huh. Where do you draw, like, for example, the creative scene in Houston versus New York? Is there certain similarities that you see or just like, what's the differences that you notice now that
2: you're in New York? New York's bigger, a lot more people, a lot more infrastructure. Down south doesn't have infrastructure. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm about to say this, I'm about to go on a mini tangent, but it's right. not I'm just going to say this. Hey, go off. Okay. There's not a lot of black infrastructure, okay? You just see clubs, drinking, smoking hookah. That's cool. But black people, we don't need to be always in the club. We don't need to be in the hookah bars. When you look at L.A. and New York, how many collectors from Odd Future to just fashion to all this stuff in general that we have built for ourselves, it's different. And the history of slavery and white people and the oppression and just us where we come from, it seeps into everything we do and everything we build down south. That's why when I come up north and I see black CEOs, that makes me happy. When I see black entrepreneurs and creatives like y'all owning your own, doing something that you want to do, it's not impossible down south, but we don't have infrastructure. Beyonce, gone. (laughs) Travis Scott. Gone. Erica Banu from Dallas, gone. There's really nobody that, instead of like the local legends like Bun B, and all them, they're cool, but also their hot days was in like the 2000s and mm-hmm. they're not really building anything that... Well, maybe Bun He has a Bertrand Burger's, if you ever go down Houston, go to Troll Burgers. That's for you and everybody else. But no, so- I've been seeing that. Yeah. Yo, damn. Yeah, I will plug that. So my bad, Houston people, go to Troll Burgers. He has a business and he is trying to inspire the new wave of rappers from Houston and everything else. But when I'm talking about agencies, mm. stuff like that, it's just not there. And I wish I can do it, but I don't have the money. And I always say the people with the drive never have the money. The people. Mm-hmm don't have the drive to do anything creative they want to do more practical stuff like business banks hospitals because those are guaranteed sources of income right. Right. truly believes in get creativity until you make it then that's they start dick sucking then that's when yo bro i'm proud of you man i know you can do it <laughs> yeah and shut the hell up no yeah he, he was just bad mouth me and saying oh he thinks he's this he thinks he's that and then once you make it now they want to switch right mm-hmm it's very unpredictable. So I guess for me, when I come up north, I still see, you know, there's still fake people. There's still people trying to make it. There's still people that only in it for themselves. But it's such a big city that I'm like, okay, there's room for everyone. There's Mm -hmm. money for everybody. You just got to go get it. And you got to realize you're in New York to make it. You're not in New York to live a fantasy. You can live a fantasy once you make it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's grinding time for me. I'm still having fun. But I didn't come to New York to have fun. I can't do that in Houston at my mom's house. I came here to work and to expand my career and
0: my vision. Wow. And I'm glad, and I'm glad you shared that perspective. Cause like, I think a lot of people too, when it comes to people who live outside of New York, they just think this, they have this thing in their head where it's like, they view New York and it's just like, Oh man, all these people are doing such great things. And they see it from the outside looking in, they're just thinking, Oh, everything is sweet. But like, bro, I'm sure you know now, like, with rent in New York, it's hella expensive. Mm-hmm. Shit is not cheap. Gotta work. So it's yeah. like you I gotta mean, really with now you're in the midst of it, like you know like you're about you're getting get into like your flow of just like work and heavy workflow. And so with that, you know, I definitely wanna ask when it comes to now, and I hinted this hinted at this at the beginning of the interview, when it comes to your eye and your vision mm-hmm. for certain things,
3: mm-hmm.
0: when it comes to working with certain individuals, what's that first what are the first things you like to key on working with a particular subject or just like person in general?
2: Fashion, number one. Mm-hmm. Features, facial, body, height, small, tall, whatever. And maybe just the the area around us, you know? You got to just kind of see the field perspective of how can you make this Black person look good? Mm-hmm. How can you make this person different? How can you make this person seem eccentric, man or woman, group or singular? How do you grow?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And how do you make this person just feel amazing about themselves? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess, and I, saw, I know I touched on this later, but the reason why I do fashion is because black people were never allowed to wear stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Gucci, Louis Vuitton, whatever, that was not meant for us. Right. We were wearing bags. People, we were wearing rags and shackles. We barely could take baths. Mm-hmm. Barely. You'd be lucky, you'd probably get a cold bath, a cold one. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying like, when I see people talking about, oh, music over fashion, or when I say, like, I like fashion over music, like, how can you live without music? We've been singing songs.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not saying music is bad. I'm not saying we should live more without music. When I think about music, I think of that's what they want us to do. They want us to run and jump and play sports. Why do you think they don't try to stop us when we rap? Why do you think they don't have a problem when we rap? You'll never hear anyone talk about rap music not being for black folks. They say it may sound degrading. It may sound like, oh, great women and stuff like that. But whenever you ever heard a white person say black people should not be in rap? You'll never hear it. But right, yeah. so many designers that don't get grants because their pieces aren't good enough mm-hmm. or fashionable enough or how many white people do you see actually wearing black culture they say the 2000s if it's to some non- non-black non people they think it's the worst era of fashion but I think the 2000s was the blackest era of fashion mm-hmm. with you in the 70s but we really don't seem to go back there because I'm not saying anything but it's kind mm-hmm. of we can do the 60s we can do the 40s we can do the 50s yeah. But oh, Y two K was so bad. Was Y two K bad because it was bad fashion or because of another reason? I don't know. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not inferring. But it was the blackest era of fashion to me. Two thousand, two thousand, like ten. That was okay. so black like, influence right there.
1: Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, all that like fifty yes. and Fabo and Nelly, mm-hmm. yeah. rule and 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 um, Naomi yeah. Campbell yeah. and Fire. Right. Yep, okay. Tyra Banks. Yeah. And like,
2: why don't we give it enough credit? You know, we talk about it, but why aren't we, don't nobody want to highlight it? And the reason why I say it is because, uh, they were interviewing Anna Wintour and I think Mm. she was talking about like what she did and what she didn't like. And I just was bored. So I watched it and it was like Barbie or 2000. She was like, oh, neither. And I'm like, so you're telling me that the whole 2000s, there was not one good fashion piece in the 2000s. And you're saying both suck. I don't, Mm. I believe because it was the most blackest era in fashion compared to now Mm -hmm. and and 2000 fashion is coming back baggy jeans look at balenciaga we're basically Mm -hmm. coming back from the 2000s now right big big bottom small top that Mm was the thousands you know say everyone gotta have a jacket with the tims and the stacked jeans that was 2000s right so i mean people hate to say it but it's influential it's just coming back slowly with different pieces
0: Yeah, and it's crazy you mention that, because, like, with me and Eli, we we often just talk about, like, fashion in general, and, like, it's funny enough, because with Eli, recently, like, I was telling him how, when it comes to, like, Denzel, how he would dress, like, back in the, like, 90s and stuff, I was Mm -hmm. like, yo, you find, like, I see you dressing similar to that, but we just have those discussions of how, Mm -hmm. just, like, within time, like, black culture has been very influential when it comes to fashion, and with that, I love the fact that when it comes to your photography, you love to express that, Mm -hmm. and you love to show how, when it comes to our culture, there's so much beauty within it, whether it be somebody who's does like music or is into fashion, like you're able to with your photography show that beauty within their own work mm-hmm. and so, when it comes to you now wanting to be no well, not now wanting to be now that you're in New York, um what are some things since you first moved here that you found just like inspiration from just being in the
2: city itself, just seeing my dreams come true, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what? I gotta read this quote to you guys because this was crazy. Hold on one second. Um, mm, okay. but it was, it was before the day I left, right? And in, uh, in New York, I'm mean, not in New York, in Houston when I was about to move and there was a sign at the gate because I was on the international side instead of the domestic side. Don't know why they just had it over there. And basically, let me see if I can find it. If not, it's okay. It basically the sign had said, that's okay basically the sign had said today was yesterday's future and when i saw that i'm like i was planning this months ago mm-hmm. wow. years ago i was i'm not new to new york i'm not a fresh fresh face i've been in new york since 2021 mm-hmm. went, went through the whole winter 2021 from like november to like january and then come back for fashion week so i know how it is and then i had to i couldn't stay anymore because of money reasons so i had to leave mm-hmm. then if I'm going to come back to Houston, I need to get my own place. Got my own place May of 2022. Spent the whole calendar year there. I didn't like it. I grew. I found out some stuff I needed to do that wasn't finished yet because my job in Houston wasn't done. God was showing me that. And then May of 2023, I was able to move. So when I saw the sign before I left in the airport, I'm like, I was manifesting this. And today mm-hmm. then, I get to New York, I'm seeing the infrastructure, I'm seeing the the, the city, the people, the fashion, and just the possibilities. I had hella people, hella shoots already lined up. I touched down on the ground. I went to a shoot that night.
1: Tough. Yeah. Yeah. tough that Gotta get on it. Gotta get on it.
2: Like, there is time to sleep. As a black man, you don't have time to relax. Not Mm. now. That's why I'm going to tell everybody this. Because I'm probably going to sound like the biggest loner outcast in the world. But I didn't go to homecoming. Mm. Never went to a prom. I don't go out to clubs. I barely go out to parties, if that, if none. I spend all my time not working, but I want to strive towards that. So when other black people see me and they want to know how I got it, there was no dick sucking. There was no trying to get my homie to put me on. It's me hitting the pavement every day working. Mm -hmm. I want to be a testament because you don't have to sell your soul, quote unquote, to get where you want to get to. Sometimes you just got to put in those hours and I guess sacrifice a little bit of your time that you would spend doing regular shit right what's your career and i feel like people in my generation or my age they're in that oh i'm 22 i'm young i want to go out and that's fine i don't want people to think i'm just like a robot i get up and think about photography no i have my fun with my friends but it's not social point where
1: it's 50 50
2: it's 80 20 70 acts to be honest
1: yeah no you know one thing my dad always says is like he's been telling me for years it's just dude 23 to like 33, you need to be like on it. Like don't, like it's okay to party. It's okay to have fun, but like you need to be working so that then, you know, when you're 40 years old, like the way I think about it is I could go out and party now or I could work and like party on like a yacht when I'm 40 with all the homies. Then we could be doing some fly shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, as a man, you gotta do that. Yeah.
2: So something right now, and I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make myself very clear. Because I do not want to get anything to be bad press or anything on your podcast. So very mm. clear. I respect all gender roles, and I'm about to say this: I have no preference or no preconceived notion of what any gender should do. I'm just speaking from a man's perspective. Mm-hmm. We don't go on the yacht. No one's inviting us at 23 to go chill on the million dollar yacht. Right. No yeah. one's asking us to get in the club for free unless they know us. Like, mm, no facts. one's trying to give us money for OnlyFans. No one's gonna give us money because we look good. That's the reality of a man from 20 to about 24, 25, later 20s, it starts getting better, but that's the reality, early twenties. So yes. when I think it, if you're 22, but well, you don't have money, why are you in the club? You're mm-hmm. not seeing women. You're sitting there wanting to enjoy yourself. Go find out things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. Go find out things that are not so consumer social media based. That mm-hmm. makes, that's what I'm doing. I'm taking yeah. wow I like the shop. I like the thrift shop. Let me do that because that makes me happy. You know just to look around. It's 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 healing my inner child. Sometimes I go to Central Park. I just go swing on the swing. I don't be around little kids. I try to distance myself or audience.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But right. I do that because it heals my inner child. It makes me stop and enjoy like, hey, I'm twenty two, but I can still hop on this swing and I could be ten years old all over again. Mm-hmm. So right. that's for me, I'm just like I need to find things that make me happy, mm-hmm. not what social media deems as what you should be doing at 22. Right. Life wow. right now is really not... It's, it's good, but I'm not saying how I feel now at 22 is what I'm going to feel at 28, 29. Mm-hmm. When I'm more mature, when I'm more developed, when I'm older, when I'm wiser, then life is going to even flow better for me with the hard work I've already put in at <laughs> too right Right. Yeah. that's why i feel like as men we do not need to be doing anything like that until we're financially stable wiser to make better decisions as far as women life partners whatever you want to call it whatever you want to do and just living and being a better mental space Mm because a lot of mental health in the early 20s but they don't say anything that's why the suicide rate early early males going to jail especially Mm. Males going to prison, incarcerated, killing each other. You only see young males or young African American males in our community doing
3: that. Mm-hmm.
2: That's why I'm trying to stay on the right path and preach men's mental health, and that's why I'm dedicating my photography book also to men's mental health to mm-hmm. show them, yo it's okay to speak out and it's okay to voice your feelings. It doesn't have to be to any girl. It can yeah. be because those are the people that care about you the
1: most. Now, right. yeah. wow. That mental health, that shit, that shit's not as soft, bro. That's, it's manly as fuck to take care of your mental health, dog. Straight Damn, up, man. Sharing your feelings don't make you soft, bro. Damn. Man. <laughs> Damn, I'm ready to run to a wall right now. I'm saying, bro, I feel like,
0: no, like, no, like, real talk to, like, he literally just broke it down to the most simplest fact when it mm-hmm. comes to, like, running for us. And we see and we know people who, like, go out every single weekend. We were just talking about yeah, it. Yeah, and they'll yeah. go out to a club, and it's like, they will stand around, for a whole two, three hours, mm-hmm. four hours, right? Mm-hmm. But within that time, you could have been putting something towards your craft within that time. Yeah. And so it's like, I just always find it, and he brought it up, I always find it so amazing how people around our age can just like consistently go out every single mm-hmm. weekend. I ain't even getting tired, bro. Yeah. Now granted, like, if you like want to just go out and just party, like, you, like he said, like, great. But like, if you're wanting to chase something and wanting to actually go about striving to do something, why not put in the time to mm-hmm. get to that certain point? Cause all of those things, the women, the clubs, the parties, all that's gonna come later. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you much rather party at that later time. When I got you. the
1: bread to party. Exactly. <laughs> I
0: much ra- I much rather party in Italy versus partying somewhere like
2: here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like.
1: Yeah, that's how it goes, man.
2: I ask y'all this question. Cause this right here, you gotta be in a sense of state of knowing yourself and sacrificing to get this question. First, I'm gonna say this. I look at the glass half full. I'm not one of those, oh, we don't have a lot of time left, motherfuckers. Look, I believe I'm going to live long. You mm-hmm. can live to die, or you could die at 25. That's on you. If you want to claim that, go ahead, claim that. Mm-hmm. Which I wish mercy on your soul. But no. if I'm good right now, That I'm going to live to 60, 70, see my grandkids grow up. Because that's what I want for me, so I'm going to claim that positivity over my life. Mm-hmm. But I'm, that's a question. How many people from 20 to 23 are actually major celebrities? How many people are right now that are my age, a year older, and a year younger than me, or two years younger than me, major celebrities? I'm talking about Kendrick Lamar level. How many could you name? Not many. Not many. That's what I'm saying. So when you see Drake and all of them in their 30s, they worked hard, so they running around acting like they're 21.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: they worked hard for that. Are all the yeah. decisions? That's no. Are all the decisions I agree with? No. But when you've worked for that hard, you can you can spend your 30s having fun. Mm-hmm. Well right now, I mean, future actor, he running around here like he in high school, bro. Damn. Uh,
1: yeah, for real. You're injured. Super
2: <laughs> he, I don't know. He never going to get married. But I'm saying he can do that because he worked hard. Mm-hmm. I see people now doing that. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But at the same time, what are you doing? Put mm-hmm. your yeah. money where your mouth is. Don't just say it. Be about it. Don't mm-hmm. say, I'm going to be the greatest. I'm going to do this. I'm to do that. But yeah, you're going to the club every weekend. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the more programmed shit they want you to do. Because if everybody had my knowledge, or not even ego, humbly, if everyone had knowledge just of self and of Mm -hmm. self-driven or drive, they can't control the youth. They can't control us and just tell us, oh, go fuck off your 20s, you'll be fine. Because if everyone knew what I knew or acted the way I acted at 21, 22, there'd be way more people right now busting through the industry.
3: Mm -hmm. That's a
2: fact. Somebody has to control somebody. They won't control us we want to control the younger generation because people that's 15 look up to me. Mm-hmm. 21 look up to Future and Drake. And then the older generations, they kind of work in tandem with the Futures and Drakes to make their money. We know whatever you want to call it. But mm-hmm. everybody controls somebody. But if you can't control them, that's when everything changes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They'd rather have me in the club getting twerped on by some big booty John <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> That's my goal. Right. Facts. And if yeah. you want to be young and you want to get where you want to get to, you know, you got to do certain things, which I'm not going to name and the sake of, you know, clarity and cleanliness. Of course. You mm-hmm. to, to, to get, if you really want it, you know what you got to do. Right. right. Sure. You and, and and I'm not about that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It takes longer. I'm willing to do it the right way instead right. of, trying to ex, you know, do stuff that's not morally right because mm-hmm. I'm going to on. Right. Well, I'm right. getting everything and I ain't do nothing. Mm hmm.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, y'all better listen to this man. Oh, don't you. listen. Okay. I'm,
2: listen. I'm, they don't want to listen to me. They have to. They want to listen to y'all. I've learned that I cannot preach something to people that are running the same race as me. People want to run the same race, and some people will stop and clap when you get your flowers and you get that first place medal. But the majority, they see you, y'all, yo, da, da 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 da. They don't keep running. So that's why I me. Mean. If I see another twenty-two year old that she don't or she don't want to listen, I'm not gonna press it. Right. Don't, but don't yeah. get me. When you see me in this position and don't start asking for my help later, mm-hmm. you. but if somehow you guys say it to someone that's my age, now I of a sudden, wow, you're yes. right? like, they're speaking, I was just saying the same thing. Right? Yeah, exactly. But I learned that sometimes you just got to, you just got to let them, let them either learn it later or just let them do what they do until they learn it themselves.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a fact. Now, before we let you go, I have to ask this one last question for you yourself, mm-hmm. Right before the end of the year, what are some goals yourself that you would like to accomplish, not only creatively, but also personally?
2: Like, later
0: in life? No, just like, before the end of this year, what are some goals you'd like to accomplish, like, in both of those, in both of those perspectives?
2: Book for right now. book for sure. That's what I'm going to do. And if y'all have anybody or know anybody in New York or whatever that does make books, we could definitely talk after that because I need somebody that can really do something with that. Okay. Yeah. Um... Just being the best version of myself, being happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much stuff I'm really finally learning that. I got to New York, I did that. I did campaigns, I did that. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to work with Nike, I did that. I just, I done work with Drewski, just did a whole campaign. I'm Drewski! Drewski? <laughs> so, Hell yeah. Funny dude, funny dude, funny dude. I feel like yeah. now, it's like me learning who Cameron is, you know? Being 22, <laughs> it's not necessarily worrying. You know, I just let God, let the chips fall wherever. And then wow. I'm here. Yeah, but that's the biggest thing. Just work yes. is going to be there. I'm going to continue to hustle. I'm going to tear it. I ain't never yeah. stop. But mm-hmm. at some point, like everything, you got to you gotta turn it off and you got to just be yourself and just be right like who you are for a day. Mm-hmm. So that's why mm-hmm. I'm not stressing over it. You know, what's happening. I'll just be surprised. I'm just glad I got my apartment. I'm safe mm-hmm. over my head. I got food to eat. I'm able to have money to buy a little bit of what I want to buy and money, what I need to spend it on, bills and stuff. I have that. And, you know, I'm in this position. So I'm just going to motivate and show young black African, African African-American and African photographers that you can do it. And it's not impossible just because you may not be 26 or 27 or you may not have went to FIT or NYU or any of those other colleges where you're getting put on to different people. I'm just a college dropout from Houston. I feel like I ain't done shit yet, and when I finally do the shit I want to do, then I'll say, okay, now I've done the shit I want to do, but you know, um, I'm just a young kid from Texas doing it, and I appreciate y'all for just taking the time and really highlighting somebody like me, and his, I'm just really thankful and blessed to see Oh, you. man, are
1: you kidding? Yeah, yeah course, you kidding? Man. Man. And
2: like,
0: like I said at the beginning, man, like I've been following you for some years now, and just to see your growth, not um, only just as a photographer, but just as a creative in general, like, You've really been making a huge, huge stride, man. And I truly, on behalf of myself, as well as Eli, mm-hmm. but just for me, like since I've been following you a bit longer, like I really wish you the best, man, with everything that's coming your way and just everything, not only just like creatively, but also personally, man. Like I hope you accomplish everything you set your mind to because you've definitely inspired us today, mm-hmm. just like within this interview and everything you've just preached. So I really wish you the best, man, moving forward.
2: I'm gonna say this last thing and let y'all go because I got to get ready for a shoot. Ironically, since I'm about to go do this, um, I wanted to say that like black people, man, we can make it. We we oh, just sure. wanting to be. and last thing, I had a friend and I told her about the same thing where it's like we always want to be Michael Jordan. We're not cool being Scottie Pippen. She was like, "Who's Scotty Pippen?" I'm like, "You just proved my point right there." It was crazy. She didn't know who Scottie Pippen was. Right. right. That's besides the point. I'm just saying yes. that you you everybody wants to be known. Like I so, would not be in the world's best photographer. I'm never that okay, but at least I got my little slice of the pie. And if I'm hunting mm-hmm. somebody that's bigger than me, you know, for that point in time, if I'm still getting paid, I'm still getting my name in doors, and I'm still getting recognition. That's okay. You don't have to be Michael Jordan coming out the gate. It takes my. It took Michael Jordan years to become Michael Jordan. So mm-hmm. if he took years to be him, what makes you think just because you have an idea and you have a little bit of buzz or a little bit of following now, it's all about me? Because you're never going to be Michael Jordan until you pay your dues and you work your way and you spend that time. Nobody's Michael Jordan when they first come out. First two two, right. you're not going to be Michael. Maybe four or five, six, you know, because I'm in right. my sixth year right now. And I'm starting to be, you know, coming to my Michael Jordan era is why I'm feeling like, you know, with age and with maturity with my own profession. But first two right. years, I was a nobody. I had people that I passed up talking shit on my name, like, oh, he's young, but he's got a lot to learn. Then I surpassed them. Now they want to be heard
3: mm-hmm.
2: and names, but I saw the messages. I heard it. And then when I passed, mm-hmm. up, I seen it change. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you're not going to be the top dog, but at least mm-hmm. in help or get a group of people that will help you get there, then you have to be okay with being the nobody or being the Scotty Pippen, taking the live life because black business. Mm-hmm. People, we are so important, but I'm so sad of hearing just the stories of how we're falling out, we're preying on one another, we're killing each other because we're jealous because this person get nothing. We ain't got to do that, man. We're the only people we got, and if we can't work together, who the fuck we gonna work with then? Mm-hmm. Who the fuck give us a chance? Right. Nobody here right now, unless y'all got somebody else or other race of people that's gonna give us a chance. Please let me know. Mm-hmm. Damn, man. Yeah. Man. But no, blessings on y'all's podcast for real. Thank of
1: course. You. Yeah, and where can the people follow, follow you on the socials and stuff? Yeah, man.
2: You know, anything y'all need, y'all let me know. Definitely, if y'all come to New York, I don't know if y'all come for Fashion Week or anytime soon, but definitely got to get together, man, have a healthy, just mental discussion, and definitely talk about maybe some future plans or anything, because I definitely want to be a part of anything that's highlighting black raves in a successful way. Yeah, we Back. gonna
0: be up there next weekend, so yeah, we, we, next
2: week- Oh, let me know. Yeah. That. Set it up then. Set it up. All right, Back.
0: let's get it. Yeah, let's get it. Well, sure. yeah, man. Where can the people follow you?
2: Uh, follow me on Instagram at Cameron X Reed. That's C A M E R O N X Reed R E E D on Instagram, Twitter. Used to post because I know you used to see me, Kirk, but you know Twitter kind of died down and things have changed. Yeah. So. No. X. X is <laughs> died. Yeah.
1: I don't know I, hey. I can speak on that no, that'd be another tension, but yeah follow me on
2: Instagram Um, and yeah just just hopefully y'all fuck with me and y'all enjoy the message and keep following and supporting the podcast these black gentlemen are right here and doing the best they can and going out of the way to put the community and just giving back and growing so please follow them make sure to support them and if you don't we're kicking y'all ass <laughs> real, real, real talk real talk man. well right. ladies
0: and gentlemen this has been the video your podcast and
2: we are signing out so peace. Thank you, brother. Of course, I'll get down. I'll talk to y'all soon next weekend. Yes. Alright.
1: Yeah, we'll see you.